This podcast is brought to you by The Empowerment Project. Research proves that empowerment self-defense training makes you safer, period. I want you to have a great self-defense toolkit so you can create strong boundaries, speak with confidence, and take up all the space that you deserve in the world. We'll hear stories from survivors and find out what worked for them and why. We'll interview leaders in the field and talk about tips, concepts, and really easy things that you could do to make yourself safer and interrupt the cycle of violence. I've taught self-defense classes for over 30 years, and I promise to teach you everything I know. Ultimately, I'm going to want you to get some in-person training, but a great empowerment self-defense class is more than just the physical skills. The list of things I want to teach you is endless, so let's get to it. My name is Sylvia Smart, and welcome to The Empowerment Project. Hey, listeners, I'm really excited that you're here. I have a guest with me today, Tasha Ina Church, who is doing so many things. She started to tell me the things that she's working on and doing right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make you say all of that all over again. So (laughs) Tasha, you are an empowerment self-defense instructor and you do a lot of other things too. So can you just give us a feel for uh, who you are and what you do and all of the things that you are, you have on your plate right now? Awesome. Of course. Yes. Well, uh, first Sylvia, thanks for having me on, and uh, aloha from Maui, everyone. Happy to be here. Uh, Yeah, so I'm an empowerment coach on the island of Maui in the Hawaiian Islands, and I do work both uh, locally and globally. So locals think local, act global, um, or think global, act local. So basically what I do is a combination of in-person and online uh, trainings. I have programs in schools, and those are both online programs uh, and hybrid programs where I'll basically do all online and then we'll have a workshop or training in person. Um, And then I have eight-week trainings that I'll do in person with students. So that is is one area of my business. Another area um, in partnership with Transformation Academy is um, online courses. So my first online course was in 2018. And uh, that came about because I had a, a student who had an experience 20 years before that she did not get out of. And after a training session with me, she just looked me dead in the eye and said, everyone needs this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and she happened to be an influencer and an online course creator. So it was really cool to have that inside scoop of what, uh, how to teach online <laughs> and, and make it something that people could actually absorb because it teaching empowerment, self-defense, it is very delicate. Uh, and a lot of times when you're teaching self-defense, how do you teach it and get across to people who really need it um, at that time, especially with the pandemic? Um, it was very difficult because people were stuck in their homes and maybe they were stuck in their homes with um, an abuser or different situations that they didn't have the tools to face. So 
I really worked hard on that original course. And uh, in 2020, I had, we'll call it the opportunity to, <laughs> to redo the course. And it was really exciting. And I partnered with Tony Robbins Bodyguard and remade this this whole course, adding in a whole bunch of new elements from empowerment self-defense, nice. such as boundary setting and de-escalation tactics, safety planning, um, you know, so, so getting all of those different aspects in and talking about self-care because I, I see that also as part of self-defense where you're taking care of yourself so that you can be fully present in your body. And uh, yeah, so I ended up doing those courses and they were a flop. It it wasn't that it was bad content. It was that I didn't have an idea of how to market my online courses. And so I, I partnered with the Transformation Academy and um, and it's, it's been amazing. And I have uh, six courses with them now. I have a new one launching in February, or new two, actually one for teachers, one for students, uh, launching in February. And um, my newest stats came out in the fall where I've reached 116 countries um, with the stuff that I've done and about 8,000 students this last year. So that was, that was amazing. It was just like, I, I think I, <laughs> my jaw dropped and probably fell on my face for a second. But, uh, <laughs> that is amazing. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of countries. Well yeah. Done. Yeah. Nice so that, that was cool. And, um, and I, I've just had the opportunity to help others and work with uh, other people. I um, do have a contract uh, working with the Association um, of ESD Professionals, um, and I do mostly like talk about business, uh, business consulting, and um, online marketing tactics and stuff like that. I, I've learned a lot over the past crash courses, <laughs> and I want to be able yeah, to help performance self-defense professionals because yes. it's like they need these tools to be able to uh, run their businesses, do it well. And, and I think that so many of us are so dedicated, so passionate about the work that we do. Uh, and it's just like, okay, I'm passionate. And there's the whole field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. But it doesn't always right. work that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think there's also that barrier of uh, people who don't really know what it is that we do. Yeah. No. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we can talk about that for hours as well. Yes. Especially other martial artists. It's it's an interesting uh, doozy. I, I used to just have so many messages uh, in my DM, um, direct message, uh, and it was all of these martial arts guys you know, and it, some of them, it was crazy because they would, you know, pick fights with me. I had a guy who sure. said he was going to fly over from Oahu and see who would win. And I was just like, oh, gosh, I'm like teaching self-defense. You want to try and beat somebody up who teaches That's self-defense? So Are you nuts? Um, you know, so, yeah, it was, it was just really interesting that. Um, it's, you know, that's, that's another thing with, I think all of us is building up this communication and, and understanding that we're not just teaching these physical moves. We're teaching people how to prevent violence. Uh, we're teaching them how to tap into their intuition and understand 
what what they need in that moment in order to get through whatever is happening and uh, and that's something that isn't always easy to teach and it's not always something that you're going to get in a martial arts class uh and i i love i do aikido so i i am you know twice a week i'm in class i love it it's uh something that i've done you know for a very long time and i really enjoy studying multiple styles of martial arts uh but it is different for me than when I'm teaching a self-defense class, my, my mind shifts, the thought process of what I'm hoping my students will get out of class is a complete shift. Um, yeah, I, I don't want them to, you know, perfect a move in, <laughs> uh, or a series of moves like a kata. I want them to, you know, be able to understand and tap into uh, their energy source, their, the feelings, you know, understand what they're feeling, especially if they've experienced trauma. Yeah. And, and I, it's something that isn't always easy to teach, but it, you know, if you have experienced trauma, um, you can shut down, you know, your, your energy or the feelings and emotions that you have. Uh, and so it's very hard because a lot of students, they'll, they'll question themselves. Well, am I feeling this way? Do I really, you know, as far as my intuition goes, I feel like I, I always have flags coming up and I'm worried about everything. So, um, so yeah, anyway, that's a ramble. <laughs> that's a, it's a really good one though. And like, I could, I could ask you about any one of those things that just came up, but that sense of that that constant steady anxiety that so many people live with yes. and the question comes like how do I tell the difference between that and what's actual danger and it's like well yes. that's the work like that's your work and that's our work to figure that out um I think you're doing so many really cool and exciting things and you live on Maui and how cool is that? Yes. It's really awesome. It's and, pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I have a question for you that, I mean, I'm so my, my sense of you is that you're very dedicated to this work, that you are doing professional development, you're becoming the best you that you can be the best instructor that you can be you're doing your own martial arts training getting your own physical um, technique you're teaching a lot and you're just doing this great work and my question for you then is given that overarching umbrella of who Tasha Ina Church is how did you get here what has this journey been like for you where did it start for you and how did it amble and ramble along and what were some important touchstones along the way? If, you know, as much as you would care to share. Yeah. No, I, about it. After doing so many podcasts, you get into a place where you're more comfortable sharing these stories, but yes, I, um, I had, uh, so yeah, as far as how I got into, uh, into martial arts, I, had two parents that were both martial artists. My mom taught in the 70s. Uh, they studied Goju and uh, both very inspirational people. And so I learned different things here and there from them. Uh, then my mom took me to a training and it was a warrior spirit training by Jeff Alexander who taught 
Rocky Balboa for the movies. And if you don't know who Rocky Balboa is, definitely dates me. And uh, it's like <laughs> uh, Sylvester Stallone. And if you don't know who he is, he's an actor. Uh, <laughs> from way back when. From way back when. Uh, but I, I took a training and that was this amazing training. It, it relates a lot. It's similar to um, what I've seen for impact trainings. And, um, and it was really inspiring to me. And, you know, you have these guys dressed up in suits and, and you have to protect yourself. And, and it's just really uh, was a very inspiring moment for me. And so I had that. And uh, when I was a teen and I uh, was going through, you know, life, I, I did running start, which is where you have um, your in high school, but you're going to college and taking college courses and everything. Mm -hmm. And I met uh, one of my brother's best friends and uh, he was ex-special forces military. And uh, he had um, eyes for me. So basically I found out that he he was stalking me. Mm -hmm. uh, And that was just really intense. It was about a two year period until I finally um, had an incident with him um, that was very compromising for me. And I ran out of that scenario and, and ended up calling him on the phone to set some very clear boundaries. Uh, and <laughs> I, I think back and think, oh my gosh, you know, if I, I was in person, what would have happened? Would I have gotten hit? Uh, you know, would I have been a goner? And I, I said everything I needed to say. Uh, and I felt so proud of myself because I was so clear. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, that, that clarity in that moment, um, I just look back and think, wow, you know, good job. Way to go. Uh, but I was cussed out <laughs> and, and he said every mean thing. I learned so many new words as a teenager. Uh, <laughs> he, I just had never heard before. And I, I had to pause and I remembered to breathe. And I said, I, I don't think you heard me. <laughs> let me repeat myself. And so I, I did that again. And I uh, said, you know, if you see me walking, you need to walk the other way. You can't come in within a thousand feet of me. <laughs> uh, and I, I didn't have a restraining order, but I, I said all of these different things. And, and he said, okay. And uh, that was a beginning. I joined a martial arts school that week um, and started on that journey. And that was, uh, that was a, an interesting time. I, I studied seven styles of Japanese martial arts, and, and I fell in love with martial arts then. I, I love, you know, the, the regimen, um, the history, the culture behind it, and the camaraderie is it, something that's really beautiful. Um, what was hard for me was that I was one of the only women – at that school. I, I would say I was a girl. I was one of the only girls at that school and it was predominantly men. And so I had 
lots of experiences there that I just think no woman or girl should ever have to face at a at a dojo. And as far as just the climate goes, I felt um, I felt very much alone and isolated. And so uh, for me, I, I went through eight years at the school and found that it was it was very abusive. And I had to make the decision to leave the school. So that was a really tough time for me. But in that time, when I was there, uh, I used to go out salsa dancing. I think that especially when people are dealing with trauma or uh, dealing with abusive situations, they have, they're looking for some sort of outlet. And so for me, it was dancing and I would go out dancing and it was really uh, wonderful. I, I really enjoyed it. And so, you know, for a full year, I would go out dancing and tell people, you know, yeah, I teach martial arts because at the time I was teaching, you know, the um, the white belts and yellow belts and, and different stuff like that. And I'd gone up in the ranks and and it was something that I thought was a protective measure. And so for me, I felt safe and I sort of let my guard down after a year. And one of the professional salsa dancers, he uh, asked if he could buy me a drink. And so I thought, no big deal. It's just one drink. And uh, he roofied me. Mm-hmm. So I was roofied. I was taken from the ballroom. I was driven over an hour away to his house. Uh, and that hour was my saving grace because basically it um, gave me some time to to think and also process what I was going to do. And um, when I was carried up to the bedroom, he left for a second. And at that time, I was finally able to move a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found my keys and I actually hit him in the face with my keys and fell down a flight of stairs and had to drive home. But that incident was this huge turning point in my life where I remember driving home and I was talking to my best friend at the time and she just wanted me to, you know, to pull off to the side of the road. It was three o'clock in the morning and she just said, you know, call the cops. And I was terrified that I would be blamed, that they would look at me and see me in some sexy dress that was ripped And I somehow deserved this. This was what was going through my mind of I don't want to talk to this person who I am then going to be blamed for for doing this this thing that was supposed to be me going out and having fun and enjoying my time in a in a safe space. It was a ballroom. I it wasn't even a club. And even so, does it matter? Right. (laughs) But should it, should it matter if a woman wants to go to a club and dance versus a ballroom? And no. by the way, would it matter what you were wearing? No, no, no absolutely we know not. These no. Yes, exactly. Yes, and and uh, now more than ever. But then mm-hmm. you know, it's early early twenties, and you're just trying to process everything that's going on. But I was driving home, and I had this realization that. None of the stuff that I learned at my martial arts school 
was what I used. Mm-hmm. I didn't use any of the techniques. Um, you know, my legs felt like lead. My arms felt like lead. So, uh, so kicking somebody or, or punching them, it just didn't seem like an option. I mean, it took every ounce of energy just to hit the person in the face. Um, and yeah, and so I just thought there needs to be something for women. And, and now I know that there's this amazing community of women all over the world who are doing all this stuff. But then I felt very much alone, isolated, and I didn't know of anybody in my community who was doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I got together with my self-defense partner. His name's Lee Villesan. He he's Laotian and he studied Japanese and Chinese martial arts. He's wonderful. And I dressed up in a, a dress and wore three inch heels. And I was like, all right, attack me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we went through uh, over eight hundred self-defense moves and I pulled out and wrote down the ones that were effective while I was wearing three-inch heels and a dress. And so I've really developed my curriculum uh, with that in mind of, okay, you know, worst case scenario, what are you wearing and how can you defend yourself while wearing that? Uh, And it's not always a tight dress. It could be a three-piece suit. Uh, I know that those are very stuffy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so it was that. And then I went to um, study clinical psychology uh, focused on multiculturalism and feminine studies. And I just thought this needs to be in my curriculum, like Mm -hmm. these different things that I'm learning. uh, And it does talk about intuition and trusting yourself and, and all of these different things that are very important. And, uh, and then I started looking at other models and I thought, well, you know, my parents did say it straight. Uh, they were some of the first people certified in nonviolent communication where they were from. And so I started looking and pulling from these different areas and, um, and putting it together in a curriculum that I could use. And so in 2012, I, I launched in uh, a girls program at a middle school with another woman, and it turned out to be something really, really amazing and so needed. And uh, while I was going through, you know, empowering these girls, I still was going through all of my personal development. And obviously, I will say this, <laughs> it's a a lifelong journey. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that stuff, I feel like it, as far as learning goes, you, it just never ends. But yeah, I, I was going through and still finding that I, I was in an abusive relationship. Um, and I wasn't getting the help that I needed from that uh, particular scenario. And I also found myself with uh, dealing with another stalker. (laughs) Uh, And I was, I had to deal with an attempted sexual assault at my home. Mm. So 
uh, and that was a week before my children's book launch. So I had this experience that was very disempowering, and I was trying to empower all of these girls to speak their mind, to stand their ground. And I got out of that experience because I listened to my intuition, because I, I, um, you know, did assessments of the room, evaluated where my exits were, what strategies would work. Uh, I used my voice and um, used hand gestures. And the guy was, you know, he was intimidated enough to go back into uh, the other room because he pretended to be a maintenance man. And so uh, that got me out of that situation. But just to experience that, I, I think that this is something that we don't always talk about. But uh, there are a lot of empowerment instructors out there who are inspiring, doing amazing work, have all of the skills, and they are also still dealing with different issues that have come up in their life uh, that are very disempowering. And so understanding that you can, you can be both, you can have both those things simultaneously going on. Uh, and it was important for me to take a really hard look at myself and realize I needed to actively start doing the work. So uh, 2012, 20, well, 2011 is when I started going to a therapist. And so I've been doing that ever since. And, um, and then also doing this personal and professional development and work, self-care practices, all of these other things so that I could be the best version of myself. And not only for me, but for the people around me, my students, my family, my friends, my partner. Uh, I, I think that it is so important for us as we're going along this road and actively trying to support our community and uh, and those around us to know that you know the work never ends. So that was basically how I got into what I'm doing. And then, of course, in 2019, I went to an ESD global training in New York and got my level one certification in that. I'm at level three and working on level four right now for that. Um, and that's how I got introduced to the community was, was going through that and then broadening out to the National Women's Martial Arts Federation. And I absolutely love that. I love being on the board. Everybody's just really amazing. And so that, that's been my, my journey. I love your journey. <laughs> I love your journey. I, it's such a great story, Tasha, and on so many levels. And what's inspiring to me about it is how you built this. Like you, through experience, through passion, through creativity, through um, stick to you built this. And what you say about empowerment, self-defense teachers always learning, it's so true, Tasha, because every experience that we have, we get to, we get to make choices about what we want to learn from it, right? Do, I, I, when I walk into any class, I always say, I'm going to learn as much from you as you learn from me. 
Yes. And that is always true. And then I do stupid stuff in my life. And then I have to take a look at that. And from the position of like, I'm teaching this stuff. So as a responsible instructor, if I'm asking other people to change the way that they think and feel and speak and create boundaries, well, that makes me responsible to do it too. And so it's great. I love, I just love your story. There's no shame in admitting like, I got to learn more stuff. I think it's really cool perspective, Tasha. I think that's really great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's something, um, I, I wish that, uh, instructors who, you know, who are out there doing the best that they can, uh, but giving themselves such a hard time. I, I, I wish that they would give themselves more grace because, we're all just human. And uh, not only that, but we're asking our students to take care of themselves. So it's something that yeah. we get to model too, because there's a reason why, because it's really important. Part of our empowerment self-defense programs, like you said at the very beginning, if I can take care of myself, be super healthy, sleep right, get exercise, be present in my body, then I'm present all the time, anywhere on that on that continuum of violence and assault. And I could start to see and feel things earlier and stay safer. Yes. And that's so cool. That is the thing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I have, um, I would, we will have you back and we will, (laughs) we will deep dive into different parts of your journey because there's so much I want to talk about with you. Of but course. I have, I want to end with um, a question, which is that along your journey, this empowerment journey that you really created as you lived your life, what something, or more than one thing, was something that surprised you, something that was unexpected, that happened to you along the way or that you learned along the way that was surprising and sort of what? Whoa. Um, that I had a voice and that, that voice was powerful and it could inspire and I didn't have to be perfect in order to inspire others to be able to support themselves in the way that they need to. Amen. Yeah, that's great. And that's a wonderful lesson to learn. And it's a wonderful, like, we don't have to be perfect. We just have to keep learning and growing. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Oh, it's been so nice talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I know. I feel like we've talked before and we've been in one another's orbits for a while, but I, I really appreciate getting to hear a little bit more about you and what's created you and how you've come to where you are today in this moment. And it's been really nice to have this time with you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, uh, You're right. We're in the same orbit. So I see all your stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, how cool. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah, thank yeah. you. You're so welcome. Um, come back, okay? I will. Of course. Okay, Okay, cool. Thanks, listeners. It's affirmation time. 
This is how I end every self-defense class. It's kind of cheesy, but it's very cool, and this is how it works. We're going to do like a little call and response. If you can say this out loud, if you can repeat after me, do it, because it's important, I think, for you to hear your own voice. But if you can't, like if you're on a crowded subway or someplace where it's embarrassing, don't worry. You can also just say it inside your head. Okay, so I'm going to say something and you're going to repeat it after me. I'm going to give you space to do that. And at the end, we're going to say yes. Here we go. Repeat after me. I am worth protecting. I love myself. I belong. I deserve to take up space on planet Earth. I am a strong and powerful person. Yes! Woohoo! And hey, as a wrap up, will you do me a favor? Will you do all the things that you do when there's a podcast? Like, will you tell your friends? Will you subscribe? Will you come back each week? communicate with me, review this podcast, like all those things to help get more bandwidth, help more people find out about it. That would be super awesome. Take a deep breath. You are amazing. Thank you for being with me. See you next time. <laughs>